If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. You can go to the house, and if you open up the fridge, you might find yourself somewhere that you don't expect to be. Or if you check under the fireplace, you might find a way into a strange portal. Santa Fe-based Meow Wolf is interesting to describe. They're technically an arts collective, as listed on their website. However, they are a whole lot more. Think classes, events, and a combining of storytelling with technology to give visitors an immersive experience you can't find anyplace else. And Meow Wolf is expanding, with different themed experiences scheduled to open in Las Vegas and Denver. Lauren Kaysen is Meow Wolf's XR Creative Director. Lauren, as an artist, how did creating virtual objects first come on your radar as this is the way I want to express my creativity? Oh, gosh. Well, so I went to school for illustration. And when I was about halfway through my senior year, realized that that's a really difficult field to make it in. And, I, you know, I was an okay illustrator, but I was never the best. And I was in my, the winter, winter session where we would take electives and I got a really bad time. So I got last choice of electives and I got put in a 3D design class for Maya, which it was the only class that was open. And I was like, oh, well, like maybe I guess this will be all right. And after the first day, I was like, this is amazing. This is what I've got to do. I remember I like, loved playing The Sims and I loved playing video games as a kid. And opening up Unity for the first time and thinking, this is like The Sims. They have control over everything. And I totally pivoted my portfolio in like a week and built a bunch of really, really bad art and took that to a portfolio day and got rejected by 30 people who were all like, are you sure you want to make 3D? And then one guy, one guy actually, he told me to, he said, this is not for you. You should do something else with your life. You're not very good at this. And which is, you know, I had only been doing it for a week and I'd had the gumption. I don't know what the word would be, but I, you know, I thought I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get an internship doing this thing that I've only done for like 40 hours. And then, like, worked on it for a year, and I came back, and the next year, to the same portfolio day, and that same guy who had told me a year before, he had said, you know, this might not be for you, so my portfolio, and I still had one piece from that old portfolio, and he recognized it, and so he recognized me, and was just really impressed by the improvement, and gave me an internship, and then that was my, that was my first job in games, and that's how it all started. I might have not... If I hadn't been stuck into that because I couldn't get into my other electives, I'm not sure I ever would have figured it out. So it was all sort of very lucky serendipity. What a good thing you didn't take his words to heart either. What a good thing you said, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, I think it was a learning moment for him, too. He's been a really important mentor to me, but about 
who you should encourage and how harsh you should be in moments. How did you first come on board with Meow Wolf? I have here, you've been with them for just about nine months. Uh-huh. So my parents live in Santa Fe, and I've been visiting them for, you know, the past five or six years while they've lived here at Christmas. And one of the only things to do around Christmas in Santa Fe, well, I want to do, there's a lot of things to do in Santa Fe around Christmas. One of the things to do in town is go to Meow Wolf. So I'd always go to Meow Wolf, and I always thought it was really cool. And I, at the time, I was working at Apple, and it was a really cool job, but I had this, like, crazy long commute, and after coming from games, I had realized that there are two things I really care about in my work. One is telling stories, and then the other is putting things out into the world. I think I get a lot of my energy creatively by seeing people interact with things that I've worked on, which both of those things are really hard to do at a place like Apple, where you might be working on something that might come out in 10 years. And a lot of it's not, you know, it's more about your user story and less about like telling fantastical stories. So when I saw the creative director job at Mammals, it just, it sounded like a really good fit. And like, I'd be able to do some of the things that I missed in games, but still working more in sort of physical space, which is part of where I joined the hardware department at Apple. Now, I haven't seen Meow Wolf yet, and I've been trying to figure out how we describe it. I'm coming up with Artist Collective. I'm coming up with Electric Psychedelic Candy Store. Yeah. I'm coming up with Performance Space. But how would you describe what Meow Wolf is? I would say that Meow Wolf is a a large-scale, free-roam, interactive, immersive installation. That was the coming together of a lot of different artistic voices from the Santa Fe community. And, you know, we're trying to expand on that art collective anarchist feel while being able to pay artists for their work. Which is really an exciting thing. It's very, very rare. Yeah. Let's talk about what XR is, because everybody may not know. I see this, I think, mixed reality, but am I correct about that or no? And what does that mean in terms of what you make for Meow Wolf? Yeah, XR, gosh, there's so many terms for the things that we work on. XR means cross-reality, which is supposed to encompass AR, MR, and VR. So AR would be if you're looking at something through your phone. MR would be a headset like a HoloLens. And then VR would be a headset like an Oculus. But a term that I really like is spatial computing, which means using computers to put things in a space. So what we do here is we're doing a lot of R&D work around how we might integrate these sorts of technologies into an immersive experience. So previously we did a play. It was an immersive play called the garage and was here in Santa Fe and we had 11 actors who were all wearing magically headsets which let you see holograms placed in the real world around you and we had content that was interacting with like a giant robot that we built and interacting with actors and just looking at how how we'd want to incorporate technologies and especially being sensitive to you know 
One of the big reasons why people come to a place like Meow Wolf might be to get away from their phone or get away from like the sort of technological world that we're in. So how do we make sure that any technology that we're incorporating is enhancing the experience that you're having there with the beautiful art that you're around and not sort of just putting a screen between you and what somebody has created? It sounds like it's all about community between what you've said and what I'm seeing online about all the things Meow Wolf does. Yeah. What are some of the ways in which you're giving back to the community through Meow Wolf? So we have, I'm going to forget the names of some of these initiatives, but there's something called the, I think it's called the Artist Fund, where Meow Wolf gives out grants to art communities that are sort of like Meow Wolf. We started that after the ghost ship fire, and I think there's a lot of people here who had friends who were part of Ghost Ship or were really aware of what they were creating. And it really hit home for a lot of people. So it started after that to try and support monetarily artist communities throughout America. We do a video series called Community Voices. So recently we did one about... His name is escaping me, but he is a local organizer for a dance studio slash community space called Moving Arts Española. Española is a town just north of Santa Fe, and they teach folklorico, and it's a space for kids and teenagers who might not have a space, a creative space outside of that. And he's really well-beloved here. But so they did a, a little video documentary about him, and he was chosen, he was shortlisted as a CNN hero based on that mini-documentary. I think it was CNN hero. Again, I might be getting something wrong. I'd have to go back and, and just check on our website if it was CNN or CBS. But we are able to elevate his voice and trying to elevate the voices of other artists in our community. We have a a community space in the House of Eternal Return, which we host workshops in. A lot of those workshops are free, so trying to create creative spaces for people in our community generally. And then also something that we're really trying to aim to do with the exhibitions that we'll be opening in the future is making sure that a large portion of the art that goes into those new spaces in Denver or Vegas are going to be from local artists. So I can't remember exactly what the percentage is. I think it's 40% in Denver is set aside for local artists and having the community liaisons in the cities that we're going to build in. And you have Las Vegas, you have Denver, and you have something already going on in Denver. What are the dates, if those are known as of yet, that you'll be opening Meow Wolf installations in Las Vegas and in Denver? So Vegas will be opening probably sometime late this year. And then Denver, I don't think that a final date has been set for Denver yet. I want to see the Vegas. You said House of Eternal Return a couple minutes ago. What is that? The House of Eternal Return is our original installation here in Santa Fe, the one in the bowling alley. And if we walk inside, what's one thing that you've experienced in House of Eternal Return that's been maybe a wow moment for you as an artist, or, whoa, this is really cool, or I can learn something from this? Gosh, I think I've spent a lot of my career making things in a virtual space. 
and struggled with that being isolating, of contributing to people, spending time at a computer, looking at a screen instead of interacting with the people around them. And I had the opportunity to work on games, which I think, you know, that I'm proud of, that have connected people. But you're still, it's a, they're hard things to experience with another person. And, but, I, you know, I love creating really fantastical worlds, which I think is part of what drew me to games. So it's really inspiring coming to me off to see a lot of what I think um, games and film does really well in terms of, creating fantastical worlds and world building and like doing environmental storytelling and details and seeing that in the flesh and seeing people walking through it and interacting with each other. I remember seeing, I don't know if they'd come together, but this older woman who was looking very carefully at a tree in the forest part of Meowth and this little kid just not being able to contain themselves who was very excited about something that he's seen grabbing her wrist and saying, look. And, and, and based on based on her reaction, I don't think that she knew that child. I think that he was just so overcome by what he was saying that he had to reach out to the person next to him and implore them to to participate. So that was really compelling. That is the whole reason to make something or to tell a story, is to get somebody that involved, it seems. Yeah. People are going to wonder where you got the name Meow Wolf. Where'd that come from? So the founders, when they were trying to figure out a name, they put a bunch of words into one hat and a bunch of words into a different hat. And then they pulled out a word from each hat at a time. And then they would ask, like, okay, is this the one? And then they pulled out Meow and Wolf and voted on it, and that was how it became Meowth. So it could have just as easily have been Meow Car or, like, Chair Dog. <laughs> I don't know what words went into which hat, but it was it was a random draw. What's the story arc of the development of Meow Wolf? I know it's been around since 2008, but just recently started growing. How did that happen? So Meow Wolf started as an arts collective here in Santa Fe, and it was mostly a group of local younger artists who were throwing parties and who were finding it sort of hard to get into the Santa Fe art scene, which is really well known, but it can can be difficult to break into. And so they were throwing parties, and a group of them rented a warehouse space together. They realized, you know, if they each put in $10 and they could have the space that they could do whatever they wanted with. So they rented the space and they were creating art there. And then they created a piece of art, which was a giant ship that you could walk through and be inside of. And that showed in Santa Fe. And that was when I think they realized that they like might have had something and like maybe they could go bigger. And they saw the bowling alley, and they knew George R. R. Martin lived in town. So one of the founders went to George R. R. Martin and said, will you buy this bowling alley for us? And he, I think he'd known about Meow Wolf. He'd seen their art installations, and he said, okay, I'll buy the bowling alley. And so all of the artists came together and built it out, 
and the rest is history and mouth opened and it's been a, a crazy hit. And I love some of the things you're doing. I was looking at this before we spoke online, and it looks like you did a really cool series of art plus science workshops for Halloween. It looks like you're doing Rocky Horror. You're having all kinds of concerts. What are some of the events to which you're looking forward at Meow Wolf in 2020? Oh, gosh, I haven't had a chance to look at the roster yet. Rocky Horror, we have Meow Wolf. I think it's called Late Nights or, like, Evenings at Meow Wolf, but it's... We have a strong burlesque scene here. One of our lead people at the company used to be quite a famous burlesque performer in New York, and so they organize a burlesque night, and it's always amazing and a hoot. And, you know, the, the people who work at Meal Center performers are very artistic, and so you, I think the, the creativity that comes out in those evenings is always wild and amazing. I'm sitting here hoping against hope that you're going to open one of these in Southern California. Oh, yeah. We are looking at a lot of locations. I've got my fingers crossed. Let's take an imaginary step inside any of these experiences. It can be Kaleidoscope Dark Ride, or it can be your upcoming Las Vegas installation. And just tell me what we see. You choose which one it is. Should we do the House of Eternal Return? Because that's the one that I know the best. Sure, let's do it. I think if you step into the house, you'll be greeted by a video telling you to be very careful and you go through a dark hallway and you come out into a dark, cool, misty area with some ambient music playing and you're in front of a Victorian, Northern California, Mendocino house in the middle of a bowling alley in Santa Fe. And you can go through the house and it looks, it just looks like it's a regular house, except that there's some things that are a little bit strange. Like, if you open up the fridge, you might find yourself somewhere that you don't expect to be. Or if you check under the fireplace, you might find a way into a strange portal. And... You can go a lot of directions from there. Wow. And it sounds like my journey would be personalized. Maybe I could go with my husband and we wouldn't have the same experience in Meow Wolf. Definitely. And I think that's one of the things that makes Meow Wolf special is there's a lot of ways that you can go through it. So we have people who just want to go through and look at the art. And then there's, you know, there's a whole story to the house, which you can discover and some people want to figure out the entire story. They want to know exactly what happened there and like who the family is. And so there's a lot of different levels that you can experience it on. And I, I've been working here, and I still, every time I go to visit the space, end up seeing something that I didn't know was there. And I go like probably once a week. Let's be sure and give the links where people can find out more about both Meow Wolf right now and your upcoming new locations. Is it meowwolf.com? Yes. Great. So meowwolf.com. Now we we're going to talk a little bit about mentoring and learning art. I see that you've worked as a mentor to youth and underserved communities. What is one of the first things that you as a mentor like to teach the young women that you're teaching how to make the games? Oh gosh. I think the first thing that I like to teach them is that it's for them, that they these tools are like totally accessible to them. 
I have a whole presentation that I love giving about all of the the resources that are free that I think a lot of people think game development is really hard and it's really inaccessible and it's really expensive and it certainly can be those things but it also can be like really cheap and really easy and really fun. I think doing doing projects where you try to imagine yourself as a character and like what your game would be and what you would be like as a hero in your own story. I really love doing those sorts of projects, but I love just getting the tools in girls' hands and seeing what they make. I remember when I was working at the Intel Computer Clubhouse, there was this girl who made a like a game about a, like a snow witch who was like all powerful and it was like very dark. <laughs> she was eight and it was so weird, but it was so good. And just how creative kids can be. Also, like, giving girls space and permission to be smart and to be excited about something. I think, you know, I remember this from when I was a preteen and a teenager, that there's, like, if you're lucky, then when you're younger, you, you're you encouraged and, like, you learn everyone, you get scientists, you do art. And then, like, there's an age where you start realizing that like boys are watching you and they have expectations of how you should be and that your teachers are watching you differently now and that that can change your behavior and now you don't want to look smart it's like it might mean that boys don't like you or that your teacher might judge you or that your dad might judge you or just creating spaces that are outside of all of that I remember that. It's like, what a tragedy, because we lose so much when the girls buy into, oh, people are going to laugh at me if I create a a snow witch, for example. Yes, exactly. And so creating spaces where they can be that creative and not worry, and that I think I really, I like being a part of that. What are two or three excellent free resources that you'd love to recommend to people who say, oh, this is so expensive, I can't get into it? I love OpenCourseWare. There are, like, a bunch of the Ivy Leagues put out their courses, like, completely for free. So you can go and take MIT's Intro to Computer Science course for free online right now, which I've done, and it's great. It's a really good Intro to Computer Science course. And that would be for, like, a little bit older, like, high school and beyond. There's a website called Control Paint, like C-T-R-L plus Paint, and they have a lot of really good free painting courses. Udemy has a course called Learn to Code by Making Games, and it's not free, but it's often on sale for like $10, and that course is amazing. There is a a guy who calls himself Blender Guru, and Blender is a free 3D modeling program. And that is how I learned how to 3D model, was by watching his videos. But yeah, the biggest one would be MIT OpenCourseWare. And if you're younger, so around like 10, there's a program called Scratch, which came out of the MIT Media Lab, and the lab was the lifelong kindergarten. My guy, I think his name is Mitch. And... It is an online community 
for young people where they can learn how to make video games and learn how to program by making games. And it's, it's really, really good. There's a really beautiful talk that the creator gave where he talks about showing it to his mother and that his mother made a little game as a birthday card for him, but that it was really touching to him because she had always said, like, oh, you know, I can't do those things. I can't program. And she didn't realize that that was, like, what she'd done. Like, she created a computer program. She thought she was just playing with her son's, you know, thing that he works on. So, yeah, Scratch is great. The MIT OpenCourseWare is great. Those two are my favorites. And then there's a lot of other really great resources out there. That's such a great point, too. The word program is going to scare a lot of people. But if you're just playing around with something fun, just putting blocks together, for example, and shapes inside the blocks online, suddenly, well, okay, you're programming, but we're not going to tell anybody. Exactly. What's one of the best creative lessons that you yourself have considered that you've learned since you've been working with Meow Wolf? Oh, gosh. Well, maybe one of the best creative lessons that I've learned that has been serving me really well at Meow Wolf has been, I think in my early career, you you know, you come out of school and you've been told what it's going to be like to be an artist and how it's going to be if you're a commercial artist and this is how design studios work and this is exactly how it'll go. And then being really frustrated in my early career that that wasn't anything like what I had been taught. You know, people all were all different and we all have different expectations and that projects are crazy and you never know exactly what's going to happen at the end and like things get done at the last minute and wishing like wishing for order in my life and my creative life and the more studios I've been I think the more I've been able to let go of that and embrace chaos and change in the creative process you put things out and you always could have done something more but you have to put things out into the world and you have to sort of embrace the the chaos of of the creative process. I love the idea that nothing is ever done, that you could always do it better. Seems like no matter what you make, that's the answer. Yes. My final question, usually, although you've really pretty much answered it, but if people could only get one thing from you and from what you're making at Meow Wolf about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from you? What would you add to what you've said about embracing the chaos and knowing it's never done? That you should just keep making things, make anything. That if what you want to do is be creative, like, do that, create things. There's a book that I really love called Art and Fear. And I think this is another thing that I used to really struggle with was reaching paralysis because I was so worried about making bad art or being perceived to do a bad job on something that I was creating that it would stop me from making things. And you have to love your bad art the way that you would love your ugly children. And being able to embrace the process and embrace your mistakes and love them as much as you love the things that you show because it's all part of the process and just keep making stuff. Lauren, thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you. You and I have been listening to Lauren Kaysen. XR Creative Director at Santa Fe-based arts collaborative Meow Wolf. If you're in the Santa Fe area, check out Meow Wolf's upcoming events and their installation, The House of Eternal Return. You'll find information on meowwolf.com. 
And you can also pre-register for tickets for their two new experiences, opening in Las Vegas later in 2020 and in Denver in 2021. Once again, that website, meowwolf.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.